everybody. This is the Welcome to the Show podcast, brought to you, as always, by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show to get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. That's audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show. Have you reviewed our podcast yet? If you haven't, please take two minutes to leave a five-star rating and a review for the Welcome to the Show podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps people to find our show. Since we started doing that, I've noticed we've gotten like three more ratings, which we really appreciate. Keep them coming. Uh, five-star ratings, preferable. Um, but, you know, <laughs> if, if you have anything negative to say, just just uh, hit us up personally. CT, what's good? What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. A lot of, lot of shit going on last week. But I think the main thing uh, last week for me personally was all the negative press that DR is is going is undergoing right now um and we yeah. talked about we talked about it last week and i didn't expect it to go i know that we're not the the reason why it's going you know cr- like the press the negative press of the year is not because of us um meaning that i feel like we brought awareness to it but i don't think we're the reason why it's being talked about so much but i feel like since we talked about it I feel like I'm seeing it more. I don't know if it's because I'm more aware of it or if I'm looking for it more or something, but I'm seeing more negative press. But at the same time, I'm seeing like Dominican people making a real strong effort to to promote their country. And I, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm doing that too. And and uh, I'm sick of this shit, man. Like, what the fuck? Like, do do you know I mean, what's happening? Do you know what's happening in DR? Like, do you know why this is all happening right now? Like the root cause of everything, yeah. Uh, money. Well, Maybe I my mean, first guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the whole. Yeah, it is. It is. It has to do with the economy, but it's you know, it's the tourism, the tourism industry, because most of the, the Dominican economy depends heavily on tourism, especially from Americans, um, because we're the closest major country, you know, to yeah. the Dominican Republic. If you go to DR, we go to, you know, I used to go every summer. Now I go probably every other summer. Um, over the last few years, I've been going more often for smaller stints because of family deaths and because my parents are moving from Santiago back to the country and stuff like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but when I go to resorts and stuff, I notice a lot of Europeans are there. But for the most part, it's a lot of Americans, especially in Punta Cana, has been getting a lot of press, you know, positively over the last decade, maybe more. But um, the point that I'm trying to make is, is that so there there have been six confirmed deaths in hotels and this is why it has to do with tourism um and and a lot of people are speculating like are 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 hotels poisoning their guests or is there something in the alcohol like are people messing with the alcohol at hotels like instead of giving you real johnny black for example are they giving you this bootleg version that that's being fabricated off you know campus or whatever i heard this this conspiracy theory recently that they have hotel employees making fake johnny walker like close to the hotel but selling it like it was johnny walker or whatever um talking about like on the like outside of the hotel outside of the hotel like nearby you know what i'm saying um i wouldn't wouldn't be shocked i wouldn't be shocked if that's really happening i wouldn't be shocked if that was happening but i i don't know if i would consider this a unique to the dominican republic and i'm not that's not no that's not to excuse it um, if you, if you, you know, I said this to my wife recently, my wife was off last week of work. So we went to Baltimore for the night and we stayed in a hotel. We went out to eat and stuff like that. And we were saying, this is more expensive. This one night in Baltimore 
is more expensive than had we taken a, a long weekend off and stayed at an all, all-inclusive hotel in DR or Jamaica or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So if, yeah. if that's the case, an all-inclusive hotel where I can drink as much booze as I want, eat as much food as I want, I'm not saying that I expe- that I that that I'm excusing the fa- the people f- making fake alcohol or whatever poisoning my body and stuff, but I can kind of understand why they would have the incentive to do so because they're they're they have to be losing money on me. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Well, if that yeah, makes I sense. mean, no, it makes it makes perfect sense. But at the same time, I mean, I I doubt that this is so. You know. Imagine this was the common thing going on in DR. Nobody, people would stop going there. So I don't believe that it's as bad as, as where, as they they might be depicting it in like the media or whatever. Because if that is the bread and butter of DR is the tourism and stuff, then you would think they'd keep stuff like that authentic, mm-hmm. you know, to keep people coming back. Otherwise, you know, we're kind of just killing off all any chance of it's staying relevant as like a tourist attraction, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I don't think, I really don't think it's that bad. I think people, all this conspiracy stuff is just, you know, it's, it's piling on right now because of all the recent tragedies that's, that's happened and stuff like right. that, including David Ortiz stuff. But I really don't think that, you know, uh, counterfeit Brugail or black label is taking over like resorts in DR because the, you know, people would stop going. Right, they wouldn't. They wouldn't go there to spend their money. Yeah, and uh, for for why it's cheaper, um, maybe it's because it's the you know for us to import that stuff is less. We maybe we don't get taxed as much in DR as we do here because U.S. probably gets taxed for everything. Yeah, more, and since and we let's all make more money. And, and let's be be real. The the uh, the cost of labor is a lot cheaper in DR. I mean, these yeah. people are pr- probably getting paid nothing to work in these hotels. Um, but you know, there's like okay, so like I was saying before, there have been six confirmed deaths in the Dominican Republic, and when I was doing a little bit more research on this to to write this piece on David Ortiz last week, I've I learned that four of those those deaths came from Bahia Principe hotels, from one hotel chain, and two of, and the and the other two deaths took place at uh, the Hard Rock Hotel in Punta Cana, which is a new hotel. So we have six confirmed deaths between two hotels. And now there are other mysterious things that have that have come out, can't be confirmed, stuff like that. But but just sticking with those six deaths, in inside of those six deaths, one of them, the the husband of the woman who passed away, confirmed that she had had heart problems, and initial the initial autopsy revealed that she had had a heart attack. So is it possible that she just had a heart attack while staying at a Dominican hotel? Just bringing that up, it's a possibility, right? We can't. I feel yeah, like we yeah. can't. We can't just write that off. Another instance was this woman who was found. I guess she was brutally beaten, um, and and she was dead. And again, reports came out that her and her husband had had problems. He had been abusive with her before. Again, is it possible that a husband beat the shit out of his wife to the point that she died? If you watch any Dateline, usually it's the husband that's committed the crime. So, again, not excusing it. That still leaves four other deaths that, that are unex, unexplainable. And and if I were just to, to search for excuses or whatever, I'm thinking about the last time I stayed at a, at a Dominican resort. Um, I think it was last year, two years ago. We drank so much freaking alcohol that, you know, I wouldn't, my father, for example, not to shop, you know, I don't want to throw my father into the bus here, but <laughs> we, we went on one of those like booze cruises or whatever. And he probably had two beers and he he 
seemed like he had been drinking, you know, all day. Like he he was wasted. And the problem is, it's so hot down there. You drink, you know, every day basically. You don't consume enough water, and with the heat and all that stuff, the dehydration. You can get sick. You have to make sure you stay hydrated. You have to make sure you don't drink the Dominican water. You have to drink bottled water, filtered water. Um, you know, could that could that have happened? Could it have been that these people were just drinking too much at all inclusive hotels and got sick or whatever? I don't know. Um, you uh, wait. So with the going back to those two deaths that you mentioned before, with the heart attack and the yeah. and the abusive husband, you're saying that these reports are linked as like they're linked to DR resorts or they happen just... they happen in dr resorts and um and yeah is, is and, no one is no one making like is no one drawing the line and saying that this wasn't due to a dr resort that it's you know well the thing is that that people the that husband? there are that there are other theories floating around because the the woman who died of a heart attack had drank from the mini bar and and the other deaths that occurred the connection is that they've all they all had a drink from the mini bar in the hotel room. So they're saying that oh, okay. that somebody might have might have uh, you know like compromised the mini bars or whatever. But again, could it could it be that this woman just had a heart attack? You know, like can yeah. I, I guess again. I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that people are are jumping to conclusions too quickly and. N- any death is inexcusable. Like I, I don't, but I, but I'm. What I'm saying is, we don't need to pin. We don't need to uh, paint a broad brush for an entire country, and then the David Ortiz things thing happens. You know, and it's just like I, I just feel like, like, like in this world, we any opportunity we get to drag somebody through the mud, we take it instead of taking a breath and seeing what's actually happening, and. Maybe saying to yourself, okay, these are six deaths between two hotels. There are thousands of other hotels in this country. You know, maybe just avoid going to Bahia Principe hotels and Hard Rock hotels in Punta Cana. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't I know, know I, man. Even though, still though, like, it, especially the Hard Rock, it's like a, it's like a new resort. So I really doubt that they're, you know, doing anything fishy to to like hurt people or anything like that because they're trying to run a business and the business is attracting tourists. So I I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't, you know, feel scared to go to the hard rock cafe, uh, resort, you know, or any resort in DR. All I'm saying is now, if you're traveling outside of the resorts, right. Where the, where, where there's a bunch of poverty and everything, let's be real that's what it is in dr mm-hmm. you know the resorts are nice but out outside of the resorts it's not so nice uh with like the people that live outside of the resorts the actual locals and stuff there i i would advise you to you know to you know be careful yeah but inside the resorts i wouldn't think twice about going there you know they're they're trying to run a business for tourists so i think you're good right and all i'm saying is if you're listening to this and you bought uh tickets to stay at a, or whatever you call it you you booked a week to stay in a resort in the dominican republic and you're so scared to go to dr hit me up and i'll send you my address give them to me i will go in your place and i will enjoy it and um, so will i <laughs> and the and point we'll, of this, and then we'll, and we'll stay we'll stay in separate rooms just putting that out right. there yeah okay um <laughs> adjoining rooms just in case um all right <laughs> but and, and the point the point of me bringing this up wasn't really to to try to demystify all the shit that's happening in dr because 
like I said, if any of the if any one of these deaths occurred because of because the hotel was was trying some shady shit to save some money, or because there's a serial killer out there killing hotel guests, guests Dominican serial killer or whatever, um, then it, it's inexcusable. But I wanted to bring this up because when when we focus so much on the negative, we forget completely all the positive that the island brings, and. The fact of the matter is that Punta Cana is not the only place in the Dominican Republic that you can go to to have a good time. You have La Romana, you have um, you have uh, Puerto Plata, you have Sosua, you have a ton of places in the Dominican Republic, beautiful beaches with beautiful people that will welcome you with open arms and you will have an incredible time. And And every time that I've gone to a Dominican resort, I've always been happy with the experience that that, that I had there. Um so that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, same thing. Same goes for me. Anytime I've been to a resort, I've had a great time. I've only been to resorts in DR, and you know, it, it is what it is. It's 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 a getaway. It's a resort. They all the all the workers cater to you. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of stuff to do inside the resort. You could pay for excursions where people, you know, the workers bring you to that spot don't go by yourself you know don't go <laughs> don't don't go try to explore the country on your own because then you know that's where i think you might run into trouble and by the way let's, let's, let's not act like and by the way not act like dr is completely safe but i think yeah. that's everywhere in the world like you said like even america exactly. you can't just go anywhere alone right that's what i wanted to say and and this isn't unique to dr um any country any you know caribbean island that's that's riddled with poverty there's going to be crime. That's just the nature of the beast. And the fact of the matter is that the Dominican Republic is a third world country, uh, especially where these resorts are. If you step, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I feel like every time you step out of the resort, it feels like it's the poorest town. I don't know if because you're going from like the most beautiful place in the world, paradise, to like the reality <laughs> or or what it know. is. But um, but yeah, it, they're super impoverished. So yeah, don't travel at night by yourself. You know what I'm saying? Don't go out outside of the resort unless you're with somebody that you know or with a local that you trust or whatever. Um, but again, I would say the same thing if you went to, you know, Cuba or to Jamaica or even to Puerto Rico, which is which is a essentially a, another state in the United States of America. Um, and not just if- not just not just Caribbean islands either. If you fucking, you know, roll into a dangerous neighborhood in the United States, like I would say the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's not unique to the country. So yeah. like. Let's just stop with the bullshit already. Yeah, and I mean, look at Atlantic City, right? Like, yeah. the casinos are all fun and games and stuff like that, and it looks like a nice area. The casino you're going to, if it's not Harris, Harris is kind of crappy these days, but I mean, <laughs> for for the most part, all the casino resorts are really nice to stay in, and they have their own things. But if you travel outside of Atlantic City, if the, you know the 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 actual town that Atlantic City's in, it's not the safest town. So I don't know if that's because of all the people they had to evict to build that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it is. Or maybe all the money that goes in through there. Maybe there's a lot of corruption on the outside of it to make it work. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But it's, you're know. right. It's it's wherever there's a resort, that area around it is usually not the best area. Yep. And I, I just have one quick story because I did go to Jamaica with my wife a few years back. I think it was before we had kids. And we we took a chance and we we went to the resort and it's all American food, as we know. And we were like, what the fuck? We traveled all the way to Jamaica. Like, we want to have some Jamaican food. So we did travel outside of the resort um, without someone that we trusted. 
And See, I it, don't know if I would do. I don't know if I would do that. <laughs> it was super shady, but I have to say, we returned safely. We had some amazing food. I didn't get sick afterwards. Um, we treated everyone respectfully, um, and I, and in some ways, I walked away feeling like, oh, these people probably appreciated that. These people felt comfortable enough to to walk out. But, but at the same time, would I do that again? No, I wouldn't, because you don't know what what situation you're getting yourself into. Like at least in the United States. I know which neighborhoods to stay out of in in that situation. We're going into whatever situation blind. We we had no idea what the hell we were getting ourselves into. So so um, so the but the area the area did look shady. Like it oh, didn't definitely. look 100%. It lo- <laughs> so it looked it looked poor. Oh yeah. Oh man, see I don't know if I would do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know, man. But, I mean, congrat cool, cool good for you though. Like that you got to experience that. But I think that I'll live to see another day. No, no, no. Again, I would never do that again. I don't advise anybody to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah. All right. I think think I'm done with the DR talk. Uh, All right. So today we're going to talk about the Yankees. So they made a big move uh, this past weekend, trading for Edwin Encarnacion. We're going to break that down a little bit for you guys. Then we're we're going to talk about the balls being juiced. We have some proof that the baseball's are being juiced this season. We're going to jump into some NBA talk. The Raptors win the NBA Finals, and the Lakers acquire Anthony Davis from the New Orleans from the New Orleans Pelicans. And then we might try something else a little bit later. Maybe CT has some questions for me about politics or current events or whatever, and uh, and we'll do that. Let's jump into the first topic. The Yankees acquired the home run leader, the American League home run leader, Edwin Encarnacion from the Seattle Mariners. For minor league prospect Juan Then, who was ranked like the 25th prospect on the Yankees organization, um, he instantly becomes one of the Mariners' top prospects. I saw somewhere that he's a top 10 Mariners' prospect, so his chances of playing went up. Uh, but apparently the Seattle Mariners were being offered more from the Tampa Bay Rays in terms of prospects, but the Rays didn't want to take on the rest of Encarnacion's contract, which including the the buyout next for next next season would total like eight million dollars or some shit like that, or eight or nine million dollars. The Yankees the decide. What's that? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry to the, cut you off. Go ahead. The, the Yankees decided we'll take the rest of his deal, but we're going to give you a lesser prospect. So the Mariners decided let's give it. Let's give them to the Yankees because their their plan is, I guess, is to clear as much cap clear as much money as they can from their salary so that they can, I guess, make big splashes next year. I don't know. But basically, the Yankees stole Encarnacion from the Rays. That, that's what, what this move was about. And um, this prompted the Yankees to option Clint Frazier to AAA, which has gotten a lot of people talking this week. And before I jump into that, I cut you off before. What did you want to say, CT? My bad. No, like, I'm just confused by the Rays. Like, what are why can't they spend money? I don't know, man. Why can't, why can't they take on a contract $8 million? That's not that much money. For Encarnacion, who's, who can definitely help your team at this point, I don't understand it. They're, I think their payroll is like six, $65 million, which is the lowest, I think, in, in MLB, and they can't afford to take on. <laughs> and they have I'm the lowest. I don't know, man. It doesn't they have the lowest sense. salary. They have the lowest salary in baseball. So, so and the thing is, this, this wasn't even something I wanted to talk about real quick, but I, I wrote my weekly hitter power ranking thing today and Trey Mancini was in the top 10 last week and it got me to think would the Rays make a move with Baltimore would, would Baltimore 
trade one of their top players to the Tampa Bay Rays because clearly the Rays are willing to give up, you know, top prospects for hitters. Um, and I Trey Mancini is a really good player. He can field. He's young. He's not worth a lot of money. He'll be a free agent, I think, next season or the year after. What about that move for like, the Rays? I feel like, uh, yeah, that that would be good. And I don't feel like the Orioles are in any position to be picky with who they're trading with. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the Mets would never trade with the Yankees and vice versa. But the Mets, as bad as the Mets have been these last couple of years, they, they always – they've had a roster uh, set up well enough that people, you know, at least hope that they can right. get to the wild card of the playoffs. So – I feel like the Orioles aren't aren't in any position to draw the line anywhere. You know, I think they got to take what they can get. So you're right. Maybe that's maybe that the Rays are gonna fall back on Trey Mancini and everything. But still, just I still don't understand if it's about money. What's what are the Rays trying to do? Like, are they just trying to? And they're they're I, I don't know. They're the real deal. Clearly, at this point, I mean, we're almost halfway through the season, and they're still you know, one of the best teams in baseball. So I, I agree with you. Why why not go out? Encarnacion in Tampa Bay, he, he'd hit like 50 home runs this year. Um, Seriously. But I'm not complaining because the Yankees got yeah. him. And he's in and the you lineup like that. You like that move. You like that move, I, huh? I, I do like the move. And a lot of people are saying shit like, oh, well, I thought we were supposed to get pitchers and stuff. Who's to say that this is going to stop the Yankees from getting pitchers? You know what I'm like? Well, my, this doesn't, my question this doesn't is- stop them. My question with getting Edwin, Edwin Encarnacion is what are you going to do with Voight? And what are you going to – okay, you have Voight, right? So what would you do with Voight, let's say? Luke Voight is the first baseman. I think Encarnacion is your DH, your everyday DH. And the thing with – what I wanted to talk about was was what it means for Clint Frazier because I think that out of everybody in this deal, the person who got screwed was Clint Frazier, even though I agree with the move to option him to AAA. The fact of the matter is uh, – if he was if he wasn't option to AAA yesterday, he was gonna get option to to AAA tonight or tomorrow because with the Encarnacion trade, you had three options to option to to AAA. You had Mike Talkman, who's most definitely gonna be optioned after tonight because Stanton is supposed to come back tomorrow. That's option number one. Option number two was Clint Frazier, who you know again was gonna happen anyway yesterday or today. And option number three, actually, there's four options. You have Brett Gardner and you have Cameron Mabin. You're not going to option Brett Gardner to, to AAA. Who, how often do you see a guy in, on the last year of his deal, a veteran player who's played for one team this whole time, get options? Can you imagine them doing that to, to Derek Jeter on his last year? I know that it's not apples to apples, but it's kind of similar. Um, yeah. And, well, but- and and the difference between Clint Frazier and, and Brett Gardner Clint Frazier's way better offensively, but Brett Gardner is not a liability on the field. So, you know, yeah. uh, and and again, he's a he's a veteran talent. Cameron Mabin's been playing really well, but I think he's going to go next. When Aaron Judge comes back, what are you going to do with Cameron Mabin? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, yeah, all solid players, but you're right. No one's gonna no one's gonna start over Judge. You know, and but okay, so Voight is the first baseman, and Carnacion's mm-hmm. the DH. What are you going to do with Stanton? So Stanton's gonna be just the permanent right fielder. I like, think I'm always, that I'm always I think that in the terms. Of, I think that when Stanton comes back tomorrow, he's gonna be the right fielder for the team. Encarnacion will be the the everyday DH. When Judge comes back, Gardner's gonna be moved to the bench, and he's gonna be the guy who gives Stanton, Hicks, and Judge a break every so often. Stanton will go to left field. Uh, Aaron Hicks stays in center. And Judge will be your right fielder. I think that's what's going to happen. And Encarnacion is going to be your everyday DH. So I'm always, I always like to look at a team like, 
like the full picture, right? Like if the playoffs started tomorrow, what's your lineup looking at looking mm-hmm. like, right? And this just seems like more of home runs and Strike you know, out. sacrificing <laughs> defense. No, no, I'm not gonna say strikeouts because <laughs> I read a I read a good point that one of our fantasy members make that he has one more, one less strikeout than Trout. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so yes, I had the number in front of me. I don't have it anymore. Edwin Encarnacion is currently sitting at um wow, I'm blind. Fifty five strikeouts for the year. I don't think that's that bad. Um, but again, it just seems like. Yankees are really live by the home run, you know. <laughs> and, and 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 like I and like I said, I'm not. I don't want to make excuses, but the Red Sox won their championship on the back of their offense last year. So, you know, yeah, they we were. weren't. The, but but at the same time, to your point, <clears throat> they weren't a strikeout or home run team either. They 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 did a lot of different things, and um and so that concerns me is that we're bringing like another similar player to the rest of the roster he doesn't bring anything else other than his power um but the lineup is kind of fucking scary in my opinion is really scary with him in, in, in it yeah like you you would think and again i'm always thinking of how the team would look in a world series scenario where you do have to where you can't always use the dh or, or anything like that right yeah. so how would this work you know you you're gonna let's say encarnacion becomes your one of your best hitters how does this work with voight and Stanton and, you know, I, I feel like you guys got three DHs on your team that should be in your starting lineup every day, kind of. I'm not saying Stanton's defense is so shitty because I don't think it is. I think he's a decent defender, but he's not a great defender. You know, he's, I just feel like you guys are sacrificing yeah. more defense. The comparison that runs. you get often is that Bryce Harper, from the outsider outsider's perspective, is viewed as a decent defender, and Giancarlo Stanton is a better defender than Bryce Harper. So, okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with him being in the outfield. Um, I think that I th- I understand what you're saying. You have a lot. You have a lot of options now, and somebody's gonna have to go to the bench, and you don't want to see that. Like you, you're gonna have to give an Aaron Judge a day off here and there. You're gonna have to give Aaron Hicks a day off here and there. You're gonna have to give Giancarlo a day off. Voight will need a day off. But that's what that's what the depth brings you. Is that if if Aaron Judge takes the day off. Yes, you're replacing him with Brett Gardner once Brett Gardner is 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 um, sent to the bench or whatever. And Brett Gardner is not Aaron Judge, but he's not going to hurt your team either. And then as far as first base, Luke Voigt might have to take a day off so Encarnacion could hop into first base and somebody else could DH. Maybe Giancarlo Stanton DHs that day or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. These things, what I've noticed in baseball is that these problems arise and they tend to fix themselves. At some point this year, I hope that this doesn't happen, but somebody else is going to get hurt. I mean, DJ LeMahieu was supposed to be a super utility, and he's been our, our most consistent player on the team, and he's been a tremendous second baseman when Gleyber Torres had to play third, I mean short, and um, and he's playing an awesome third base now. So I think I think the problems will solve, will solve themselves. All right. Yep. I think That's you're right. I think. It's not a bad. It's not a bad problem to have. It's just I'm already looking ahead towards what a playoff roster would look like, like yeah. what a playoff lineup would look like, and I think I think like, for me feels like it's the same thing as last year. You know, like home run or nothing. Yeah. yeah. Type of lineup that we we've seen doesn't always work in the playoffs. Yep. So I'm just you know, well, good for you guys. You know, I I agree with that. I think for me the one that kind of breaks my heart a little bit is that Urshela is going to have to. 
go to the bench. Because if, if you were to ask me, now that DD's back, you know, do I want DJ or Sherla at, or Sherla at third base? I think I want DJ. I think his bat has been way better, and he's shown that he could play a good third base too. Um, but having a guy like Urshela in the in the bench is is not a bad thing to have either. Can they do that though? Can they carry Urshela? In, can they keep Urshela on the bench with everything else that they got going on with all the bullpen arms and everything? Yeah, because I think I think they're carrying three guys on the bench. They're carrying Austin Romine. Um, I guess Urshela is a bench player now, and Cameron Mabin. Uh, once Judge and Stanton come back, I think Mabin's gonna have. They're gonna have to figure out something to do with Mabin. Even though I was wrong about Mabin too, he's been really good for us. Um, he's gonna have to go, um, and I think it's gonna be Gardner, it's gonna be Urshela, and it's gonna be Romine as their bench players. Um, which you know, for me, that that's not a bad trio to have. It's not. Just saying. Um, so, yeah, the point is with Clint Frazier being upset and stuff and, he, you know, he handled himself a lot better in the postgame interview. Did you hear the postgame interview with him? It was like one minute. No, I didn't hear it. All right. So let me just play it real quick so we can listen to what he had to say and then I'll give you a quick reaction on it. Clint, with how well you've swung the bat, were you surprised that this move was made this afternoon? Yeah, pretty surprised. What, did, what was the message Aaron Boone sent to you when he when he said you were heading down that this is the reality of things you know so i guess i'm facing reality right now is that difficult to digest it's a tough pill to swallow yeah i mean it's it's never fun especially with how much i felt like i've contributed to this team this year when they acquired encarnacion did you think that you could be a victim of the numbers game not not because of encarnacion but Maybe because of Judge or Stanton. Do you feel like you've proven something in your time up here? Do you feel like you've shown what you wanted to show? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kenny? Yeah, Clint, do you feel like the numbers game, may, like you, while you've assured a, a major league future, that it, it might not be here, you know, that you might be a, a trade chip? been traded once so you know who knows i mean i can't control that i just try to play as good as i can to put myself in a good position okay so so i thought that he handled himself much better than he did in the past where he didn't even talk to the media and then when he did he ended up saying something like he doesn't have to talk to to the media and he kind of acted like for lack of a better term like a little bitch in the past and i felt like he handled <laughs> he he handled himself a lot better this time around but then, you know, I for like I don't know if I'm just projecting, but I hear I hear a sense of entitlement there. Like like he feels like he should be here. And I appreciate that, but you also have to understand that this is the nature of the beast and that you have to you have to just at sometimes you just have to keep a straight face and say all the right things and take whatever it is that's coming at you because eventually you're going to get your opportunity and this this job is going to be yours. Um, and I feel like he's putting himself in a position now after he, after the, after the game, he deleted all, all of his Twitter, all of his Instagram pictures. Um, and a lot of people, and, and is having a lot of people speculating. He looked upset during that interview. The Yankees have nothing. He sounded upset. The Yankees have nothing to lose by putting Clint Frazier in the minor leagues and never calling him up again. If he, if he wants to, you know, be all fucking pissed off and shit and, or whatever, 
he he's the one that has the most to lose and he controls his destiny. If he comes up and he plays offensively the way he plays, he busts his ass on the field and tries to improve his defense, which has been atrocious. Then other teams look at that and they say, okay, this is the kind of guy that I want on my team. Let's face it in major league baseball nowadays. It's not just your talent that gets you on teams. All these analytics people, they're looking at everything like, you know, clubhouse presence, uh, they're looking at chemistry. You know, the Yankees are big on chemistry right now. CC Zabathia talks about it on his podcast all the time. He's not helping himself. So if if every time he comes up, he he has some odd altercation with the media or is interacting in a certain way, they're just going to keep him down there. And he's the one that's going to get screwed. Whereas if he, like I said, I feel like I'm repeating myself. If he keeps performing at the level that he's performing offensively and shows that he really wants to improve his defense... Maybe he doesn't have a starting job here, but he could get a starting job somewhere else and he could help himself get traded to another team or something like that. I feel like he's not helping himself. And I feel like yeah, I feel like with with Brett Gardner playing on a one year deal, he's not going to be here next season. Let's be real. This is it for Gardner. Clint Frazier could have an everyday job in left field next year if he you know plays his cards right, because I don't think Encarnacion is going to be back next year either. I don't think the Yankees are going to are going to extend him or whatever. Um, so just take it as it comes. You're going to get an opportunity again, and this could be your job next year. You could be playing for the New York Yankees, you know, a chance to contend every single year. I don't know. Um, that's all I had to say. Yeah. Well, let me just say that I feel bad, not just for Clint Frazier, but for any prospect that the Yankees have that they can't call up because of what they currently have Mm -hmm. when everybody comes back. So I, I always like, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling. Like I feel bad for these guys because, you got guys like, you know, Vladimir Guerrero. Even though he was held back a year later than we thought he probably should have been called up, he's he's still like a 19-year-old, 20-year-old in majors. And I get Clint, Clint Frazier is, you know, he's young. He's he's only 24, but still, like, 24 isn't the youngest young player this day yeah. in baseball. I feel like all the young guys are 21, 20, 19, whatever. And I feel like we can see a, a phenom taking off from the – and I'm not saying Clint Frazier – played like one of these guys but at one point he was one of the number one prospects in baseball right yeah until he got traded to the yankees and he's been waiting all this time to you know show that he can play i think he's proven that he can hit at the major league level like you said his defense needs work and everything like that um but i just kind of feel bad because you know what if clint frazier was meant to get three thousand hits in his career you know he's never he might never get to do that because what 25-year-old, by the time he finally gets to play a full MLB season, which will be next year, he's a 25-year-old. This is what Judge is. Maybe Judge was meant to hit 500 career home runs. He's never going to get to do that because he started his career at 25. And mm. again, we're just we're just being greedy, I guess, whatever. It's really all about championships <laughs> and everything like that. But it would be nice to see, like, you know, in, the, in Judge's case, I don't think anybody projected him to be this good, so whatever. We can let that one slide. But Clint Frazier being one of the top prospects coming in, as you know, and now you know he's, he still might not get his full season until next year. I would personally would want to get traded, um, and I would feel some type of way if the Yankees did that to me. But with all that being said, he still kind of sounded like a bitch in that interview, <laughs> and there's really no reason for that because if you think about it, he had to know he was never going to get a chance to – play out the full season on that roster it was gonna happen eventually yeah it was gonna he said it himself he said you know i thought it was not because of encarnacion but because of stan and judge well then you knew that you were gonna get sent down anyways you know so why be all pouty about it um you know i I think 
you know, I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna cut him a break. I'm gonna give him some slack. Whatever, whatever the fuck the saying is, I, I'm mumbling <laughs> my words. He's a 24 year old. I get it. He's a young kid, but I think you should know the business by now. And you had to know your agent had to be telling you that you know you're not playing this full season, right? Like, mm-hmm. play your heart out. So maybe you get traded to a team where you'll start, which I do think he'll start on any team he gets traded to at this point. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't think there was any reason to be all like such a baby about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was going to um, happen eventually and and my point is you know at, at some in on some level you control your own destiny. If Clint Frazier um stays the way he stayed offensively and he he cooled off a little bit when when he went on the IL for 10 days uh about a month ago. <clears throat> but he still has I think I saw somewhere that he still has the same OPS as Mookie Betts. So I mean that's impressive. You know what I'm saying for a kid for a kid just coming up to the bigs now and stuff. You know you you control your own destiny. You improve the other parts of your game and and give the Yankees a reason not to send you down. Give the Yankees a reason to say, well, yeah, we could get Encarnacion for Juan then for nothing, but this Clint Frazier kid is playing like a beast right now. I don't know if I want to interrupt that. And the fact of the matter is he he wasn't playing like a beast at the time. And it sucks, but you're right. He's he's also a member of the Yankees organization. And the Yankees could give two shits about their prospects. So to them, it's just another depth position. You know what I'm saying? And you yeah. have to they they have to wow you in order to stay there. And that's not fair. But then then you have to do what you have to do to to make sure that you stay on that roster. That's all it's kind of like I, it's kind of like I mean, what about the other Yankees outfield prospects that they have? Estevan Florial. You know uh-huh. what what's going to happen with him? You know, is he? His his future is kind of limited too on the Yankees because unless yep. they trade him, because Aaron Hicks is signed to a seven year extension. Judge isn't going anywhere. You have Stanton for another decade. What? So Clint Frazier and Esteban Florida, like their their ceiling is to be this year's Brett Garner. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I think it's unfair. I'm starting to feel like I did. I haven't given this much thought, so my bad if this makes no sense. But I kind of feel like there should be some sort of like rule or clause or something that MLB organizations can't have a total of, I don't know, five or more top 100 prospects in their in their mind in the minor league system. I don't know. I I, I I agree. I yeah, same thing. I didn't think about this fully through. I would get rid of it's, service time or make service time less instead of five yeah. years. Make it three years, and. Let minor leaguers, you know, don't make minor leaguers be property of teams. Like, yeah, I feel like like count the minor league time is service time, too. If you're in the minor leagues for three years and you haven't moved, you know, you're in AAA, you, you made your way up to AAA, but your team isn't calling you up, then make it possible for that player to become a free agent, too. Why not? I don't even understand yeah, I, why that's not even a possibility. I feel like if you've, you've done three years in the minors and you're still ranking in the top 100, which Clint Frazier has been, I'm assuming... Yeah, because um, he's only you know I'm assuming he's ha- his 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 value has ha- ha- had to have gone up after playing in the majors this year. So I feel like he, like you said, if you if you've given three years in the minors, even if you've been called up in between, like I don't want there to be a loophole where they called them up for half a season that doesn't nah, count as a full that. season in the minors. Yeah, if you've been in the minors for three years and and you still haven't been called up and you're one of the top 100 prospects, well, I think you should be able to hit free agency yep. and sign a deal. Uh, maybe there should be a cap on that deal or maybe the deal has to be a minimum of like five years or something. I don't know. But I think it's just unfair 
that even next year we're going to be dealing with the same problem with the Yankees organization. Right. You know? And I think and that's not I, even that's not even counting the pitcher that they're probably trading for this year, yeah. who's probably going to come with a three plus year contract. You know, whether yeah. they get Scherzer, who already is under contract or Bumgarner, who will have to sign a contract. You know, right. that's not even counting the pitching prospects that you guys have in the minors. So yeah. I think I think that the Yankees need starting pitching in a really bad way. So I think that the Yankees will be trading somebody. Something tells me that it's not going to be Clint Frazier. I, I, something tells me that teams are, aren't too high on him, even though they should be because he is a good player. Um, but Florial or Clint is going to go because you're right. You can't let these guys just fucking, you know, waste away in the minors. It's, it's just not, it's not fair. So it almost I can see it happening. It, it almost makes me feel bad too for certain pitchers who come up and, you know, they've taken so long to get to the majors. Not Maybe not entirely the organization's fault. Maybe they didn't pan out in the minors, but they end up just becoming these bullpen arms. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of feel bad for those guys, too, because I don't know, man. It's a lot of shit. Uh, we, we probably don't think about it too much because I feel like it's only the Yankees that I'm, I'm – we, we got to witness all these injuries on the Yankees, so we got to see some of these guys in the majors. Um. So yeah, maybe maybe we're just thinking about it more now. Maybe this will just all be, just you know, like it'll just get lost in thought next year when everyone's mm-hmm. fully healthy and everything. We're not hearing about the prospects or, or and stuff like that. But I still I still feel bad for a lot of these guys, whether they're in the Yankees farm system or not, or any or elsewhere, or elsewhere. I don't. So there's a segment on. I think it's Bill Maher that does it. I don't know. I don't know it for a fact, but I know that it's true. I know that the balls are juiced in baseball because this season is already the 46th ranked season by home run to- total out of 119 seasons. Um, wow. Yeah, they they we surpassed. Where's 2019? I of course, guys, made a spreadsheet because I'm a fucking loser. Um, in 1961, that's the year that, that Roger Maris is 61 home runs and Mickey Mantle hit 50 plus home runs. We already surpassed that season. We're about to surpass a season in the 1990s. Um, we're getting closer to, to the two thousands. So there's a lot of home runs. And the thing is that I don't know how to really calculate pace because some teams have played 75 games. Some teams have played 69, blah, blah, blah. So if I just cut it in half. We're currently on pace to hit like what two, two? We're at two thousand eight hundred eighty-eight home runs times two would be five thousand six hundred and something. I guess seven hundred and something. I don't know. Um, that would place you right in between two thousand and seventeen and two thousand, uh, ranking second. Um, the home run record for a year is six thousand one hundred and five. So I have a feeling we're gonna break that record. Um, so that's the first piece of proof that I have. The other piece of proof is that there's there's a couple there's a few players out there that have been playing in baseball for a few years and they've already surpassed their career highs in home runs. Like yep. Scott Kingery, this is his second year. In 147 games last season, he hit eight home runs. Through 39 games this year, guess how many home runs he has? Fifteen. Eight. Ooh. He, okay. he matched. He matched. <laughs> yeah. He matched his total. <laughs> In, I don't know why in, it's at 15. <laughs> in like 25% of the games that he played last year. Cattell Marte has 20 home runs in 71 games this year. 
He had 20 home runs in the previous three seasons combined. That's 345 games. It took him 345 games to hit 20 home runs prior to this year. And already this year, in 71 games, he has 20 home runs. You have, Let's you go. Have, you have guys like Josh Bell, who has crushed his home run total from last year already. Um, you have, you know, guys like 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 Jordan. They call him the the man child or whatever, hitting fucking 500 foot bombs. Um, the the balls are juiced. You can't tell me otherwise. I'm convinced. Uh, yeah, and I, I brought up an interesting stat that I heard on the radio today. That a that surprising. So this year there's one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams with an ERA of five or more. And after that, we have so the White Sox with four point ninety nine, Texas four point eighty nine, mm-hmm. Detroit with uh four point eighty eight, and so on, whatever. And in two thousand fifteen there was only one team with an ERA over five, which was Colorado, because they play in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Colorado's in the list now currently as well, 28th. And the, the year before that, there was no team with an ERA of five or more. So I do think the balls are juiced and it's it's correlating with this. But I also think that uh, pitching just sucks. It's all about <laughs> trying to overpower the hitter. It's not about location. Um, I just think all these hitters are waiting for that fastball. No matter how hard you throw it, they know where to put the ball through the zone to you know hit the barrel of the bat and just send that shit flying to outer space whatever mm-hmm. and if you notice too right like how many off-speed ground ball pitchers are succeeding this year right mm-hmm. and i'm i'm taking a risk here ladies and gentlemen i'm taking a risk to shout this pitcher out because he's on my fantasy baseball team and i feel like Every time we mention a player, and Manny just mentioned Kettle Marte, who's also on my fantasy team. So, mm-hmm. you know, knock on wood, I hope he continues down this uh, power path. But every time we mention a player here, it feels like it has the opposite effect. So if a player's doing bad and we mention him, he usually starts doing good. If we mention a player that's doing good, he usually starts doing bad. So I'm taking a risk by mentioning Hee-Yoon Ryu. Well, how do you say his first name? Ryu. Ryu. Okay. Have you seen his numbers this season? He's the best pitcher in the National League, man. He's the best pitcher in yeah, baseball. But you want to know what's the most interesting stat? And I also heard this on the radio today, but it, it doesn't I don't understand how the all time leader is who he is. And maybe you can look this up because I can't find it. But okay. strikeout to walk ratio. Oh, the Phil Re- Hughes. Phil Hughes is the all time leader for a season. Yeah. Strikeout to walk, but this year the leader is Ryu with 17 strikeouts per walk a game. Mm-hmm. The second place in all of Major League Baseball, second place is Max Scherzer with 6.8. That's so, incredible, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and it's Ryu. Ryu doesn't. Ryu probably throws like 91, 92. Okay, know? here, here in 93 innings this season, he's only walked five hitters. That's like Greg That's, Maddox type shit. That's some Pedro Martinez shit right there and uh Clayton Kershaw as well. Yeah, that's impressive. It's man. crazy. And I, I you know, know he's, I remember he's not, he's not I, a strikeout pitcher. No. He's not a strikeout I, pitcher by any I remember means, Phil Hughes with the Yankees and and I remember him being a strikeout pitcher and I remember him having really good control, but I had no idea. I had I saw that too. I had no idea that he had the record for that, the all time record. That's incre- that's incredible. Yeah, uh so for a season I'm 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 looking at his Best season was 11, 11.63. Mm. That's a single season record for strikeouts to walk 
Ryu's on pace to break that, but I don't really think he's going to keep this up all season. That's ridiculous. Um, I really hope this doesn't curse him down a path where he becomes <laughs> like Chris Archer now. <laughs> if it does, I'm, I'm just never going to speak of any player that's on my team ever again. <laughs> I know, man. I know. I know. It's, he's having an incredible year, and I think I have another theory, but I don't have the facts to back it up. Maybe this is something that I'll do some research on. Um, just say it. My theory is that that pitchers that are that rely on pinpoint control and that maybe don't have all the velocity that that are like deceptive Pedro Martinez type pitchers and stuff like that. It's something tells me that those those pitchers are succeeding more than fireball than fire throwers. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I think to me, like when I see Araldis Chapman up on the mound, I'm more nervous than when I see. I know this makes zero sense, especially because. He hasn't pitched that well of late, but it 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 makes me less, I mean, more nervous than when I see CC Zabathia on the mound, and I think it's because he generates less, you know, power. It, he generates a lot of soft contact. This is CC Zabathia I'm talking about, and because he ha- he doesn't have to, he can't rely on his fastball anymore. He has to try to deceive the hitter. Um, whereas a guy like Chapman, all you have to do is guess, throw your bat out there, and if you make contact, that shit's gonna fly. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm. I'm looking at so I'm looking at the top ten strikeouts to walk for the National League, right? And the top ten you got Ryu, who's not a power pitcher, mm. Scherzer, who I consider a power pitcher because he throws ninety five plus, but he's mm. more of a pitcher to me. Like Max Scherzer is a, the as good as you can get as a pitcher yeah. in every aspect of pitching. Max Scherzer excels at right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walker Bueller, who um, let's not count him as in the list because I do think he's a power pitcher, mm-hmm. but he's also a pitcher. Zach Greinke, who's not a power pitcher, not a power anymore. pitcher. Clay Kershaw's not a power pitcher. No. You got Jacob DeGrom, who throws, who is a power pitcher, but to me, he's more of just a pitcher in general. Like, we've Same, already yeah, seen Jacob DeGrom, you know, succeed pitching, whatever. For, for me, Syndergaard uh, is more the fire the fire thrower, and DeGrom yeah, is Synd- more the pitcher. Yeah, Syndergaard's the perfect example. Someone who throws hard, great talent, but he walks a lot of guys, whatever. Mm-hmm. You got Stratsburg, who's been... A strikeout machine since ever since ever he came in, ever since he came into the league. Mm-hmm. Kyle Hendricks, who's not a power pitcher, mm-hmm. he actually throws probably the slowest in this list. Bumgarner, who's not a power pitcher, mm-hmm. and ten you got Tyler Mail, which I don't really care much from. He's having a decent season, <laughs> but Mail M A L as in like I just got mail or Tyler Mail, right? That's how you say his name from oh, Cincinnati. M A L L E M A H L E Ah. <laughs> gotcha <laughs> the point is is that 90 is the new 100 that's yeah. the point that's what i, that's 90, what I think yeah and, and again new and, 100 and let's let, let's dial this back a little bit too the other home run era the steroid era the best pitchers were also pinpoint pitchers that didn't walk batters who had to deceive hitters pedro martinez you know what i'm saying greg maddox tom glavin uh john smoltz guys like that you know like like Roger Clemens was a really good pitcher, but if you look at the the his last few years with the Yankees specifically, they weren't that great. Um, Randy Johnson, but Randy Johnson didn't just rely on his fastball. He had he had a deadly slider. Kurt Schilling was a deceptive pitcher. Um, I think that in times like this where guys are hit or miss, they're just trying to go for home runs. These pitchers are more valuable. And again, I don't have the facts to back it up, but I think your what you just illustrated to me it kind of proves a point a little bit. Yeah, um, and then and then for more proof that the balls are juiced. Derek Dietrich has 17 home runs this season. 
That's a all, that's a career high for him already. He had his career high before that was 16 last year. It took him 149 games to do that. Tommy Lastella, 15 oh, home runs this year. Doing? Tommy Lastella, 15 home runs this year. Before this year, in one, two, three, four, five seasons, he had 10 home runs total. He has 15 already this year. Yeah, that's um, some bullshit. And there was somebody else I had, but I don't remember who it was. So fuck. And it's not care. just. And it's not just they're hitting home runs; they're hitting bombs, mammoth home runs. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> four fifty, it's four thirty plus. Like there, there's like you might you might see the commentator say something like, "Oh, I haven't seen a ball hit there yet." Like, or <laughs> I yeah. haven't seen a ball hit there since since you know Sammy Sosa was in town or something like that. You know, steroid area, whatever. Yep. But it's crazy, man, and it's cool, I guess. But did you see the Padres and Rockies series over the weekend? Like, yo, 16-15, the game ended, and it's like, oh my god, it's cool. But at some point, you know, <laughs> uh, Charlie Blackman had fifteen hits in that four game series. That's crazy. But fifteen can hits. it can it be can it really be as simple as the balls are juiced? You don't think that like, and I know there there has been studies done on it that the balls are different, but I think they only found the difference of like three feet, right? That the ball carries maybe like a foot to three feet more mm-hmm. than yeah. it normally would have. You really think it can be be just as simple as saying that the balls are juiced, or do you think it's like a combination of the balls might be juiced, pitching kind of sucks? Uh, yeah, those are actually the only two things that can come yeah. to mind right now, I, the, but. I think it was Scott Miller of Bleacher Report. I think it was Scott Miller. I'm not sure. But he he pointed out how um how that it's it's not just the balls. He pointed out how launch angle has has gone up as well. So you're right. It could be a combination of the pitching being subpar or or not being subpar that that people are relying that people only care about speed right now. If you you could touch 100, you're going to make it to the big leagues. Um that hitters are trying to hit the ball in the air more and and then the ball too maybe you're right um could it be could climate change have anything to do with it that's possible too and also in what in what kind do of air live? does the ball tra- travel further in in okay. dry air right so here's here's uh maybe but here's here's where i never bothered to really research this because i just kind of keep playing the video in my head but the year that they had the home run derby and the All Star game in Yankee was State. it no uh, San Francisco? Okay, I think it was. They did this whole sports science thing, and this this one scientist went through like this whole speech about how the cold air, the ball travels faster through cold air because it's less dense or something like that, some mm-hmm. crazy shit. And at the end of the at the end of it, he he wrapped it up kind of like. So basically, what I'm trying to say is that you got to hit the ball pretty hard, and that, then you'll hit it out. It was basically like a, a big joke, but I kind of yeah. rang with that in my brain all these years that if it's colder, the ball travels further. And I don't know if that's true or not. So, yeah, you know, I'm just wondering with climate change and the mm. fact that we we apparently live in Seattle now because it's always raining over here. I know. You know, does that have anything to do with it? I don't know. <laughs> and and b- let's be real, ballparks are getting smaller too. You know, like. The the new well, yeah. Yankee the new Yankee Stadium is the same dimensions, but the ball travels further in it. So that goes to your point. But but in all, like like City Field, for example, people were bitching because the the walls are too far back. So they've been bringing them in like every year since since they built it. Um, so they're just trying to make home runs more common in baseball. I feel like. Yeah, and I got I can't help to think that the bad pitching has more to do with it than the balls being juiced because. 
even though, you know, Colorado's always going to be Colorado and Arizona and all that stuff. But I think Baltimore leads the league in home runs given up in mm. their stadium. And they have the worst team ERA. You know, they're the worst pitching stat. They're the worst team in baseball, pretty much. Them and the yeah, Marlins, they are. obviously. They are. But the Marlins, pitch, the Mar- Marlins pitching isn't the worst. You know, they have they have some pretty good pitchers. Like, even though Pablo Lopez, like, the numbers don't translate, I think Pablo Lopez is a decent pitcher. Caleb Smith has turned out to be a pretty nice pitcher. And they have, they have some good prospects, whatever. But Baltimore being the worst pitching staff and also leading Major League Baseball in home runs given up, at least, you know, when I checked it about a couple weeks ago, I'm, I'm, I kind of think that shitty pitching has a little bit more to do with it as well. You might have a point. You might have a point. Um, we'll we'll uh we'll stuff this in our back pockets and come back to this at another time. <laughs> um, but I think that we, I think that there's some good points that were be that were made here. I think the strikeout to walk ratio um shows you illustrates something important about the type of pitchers that are succeeding. I think you're right that that maybe climate change has something to do with it. Maybe there's something that we should look into a little bit more. That that would be interesting. Um, and the launch angle thing too. I know that launch angle gets brushed off, like it's too dorky and shit. But if guys are fit, are literally just trying to get the ball in the air more, then you're gonna see more home runs. You're also gonna see more strikeouts, and we are seeing more strikeouts too. So, I mean. Maybe maybe it's not just the ball. There are other factors that, at, at play as well. The fact of the matter is, it's very rare to find a hitter like Vladimir Guerrero in today's game. A guy who can literally just put the ball in play whenever the fuck he wants, no matter where you throw it. Um, there are guys like that, but not at his caliber. And and we could, if we go back to the 90s and the 80s, you know, the, the bigs were filled with guys like that. You had your Wade Boggs, you had your... You know your your Tony Gwynns, your Ichiro Suzuki's, guys like that, and I feel like those types of hitters don't exist anymore. Um, so what we what, what what we do see a lot of is we see a lot of Adam Dunn's and a lot of Aaron Judges now. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you know maybe it's not all the ball. I guess is what the point that we're trying to make here is. Um, so this segment. Was brought to you by Audible. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the NBA real quick. Uh, the Raptors won the NBA Finals, and I have a couple of questions. I so I don't want to take anything away from the Raptors. I thought that they played a tremendous series. Um, Kawhi Leonard is not human, and I want him on the Knicks. I know he's not going to go to the Knicks, but I really want him on the Knicks. But do you think that had Clay Thompson finished out that game? Do you think the Raptors would have won that game? Uh, I think it's more of like, nah, I think the Warriors would have won that game. Mm-hmm. But I think that I don't know if I can definitively, whatever. I don't know if I can <laughs> definitively <laughs> say. There it is. Definitively say that the Warriors would have won the game seven in Toronto. But I mm. think if Clay Thompson had stayed, because he was having a great game, he had thirty points by third quarter. Yeah. So uh, I think if he stayed in the game, yeah, they would have won that game. But I'm not saying they would have won Game Seven in Toronto. And, and go ahead, yeah. And and it just to me, it kind of a lot of people were giving KD shit for leaving OKC to go to Golden State because he was he was going to a team that was ready made, was championship bound, regardless. Um, it kind of proves that that the Warriors. 
you know, did need KD to be healthy to to win championship. To me, it legitimizes the championships for him that came prior to this more. Um, On the other hand, I think that free agency just went to hell with these two injuries because Klay Thompson has an ACL. He's probably going to miss the majority of next season. And KD could possibly miss the entire season. He could come back at the very end, possibly. Um, something tells me now that Klay Thompson and KD are going to stay in, in Golden State. And um, and if that happens, they might be championship bound again next year. Because I don't see any team. The only team that I could see taking a chance on KD with this injury is the Knicks. And I don't know. Yeah, wh- like- why the fuck would KD want to go to the Knicks? Let's be real. And Klay Thompson already said he doesn't want to go anywhere. He wants to stay in, he wants to stay in Golden State. So um, something tells me that those two are staying uh, put. And then this brings up something else. Earlier this postseason, the Rockets said that they were going to blow it all up. They, they're not going to hire D'Antoni back. Everybody's uh, available for a trade except for, for James Harden. Now with these injuries, they haven't said anything. But if I'm the Rockets, I'm reconsidering that. Because now suddenly... You you know, if Klay Thompson and KD don't return next year, let's say, you have a good chance at being the, the, the best team in the West. Um, I don't know what you think, but would you would you still move forward with blowing it up or would you take another shot with this team? I would blow it up, man, because they couldn't. The big thing last year was that they, they could have beat the Warriors with Kevin Durant if CP, CP3 hadn't gotten injured. Right. Yeah, right. That was the big thing last year. And then this year they they had what 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 how did that series end? I think Warriors in six in that mm-hmm. Rockets series, right? Without K D uh in that series to finish it out and they couldn't get it done. So it's funny how you mentioned before it kind of legitimizes K D's championships and the reason he went there. It kind of does and it doesn't because they were a 72-win team before he went there, but they didn't win the finals that year. And that was my argument. When everybody was, like, bashing Durant, I was like, wait, if you think about it, they didn't win the finals. If the whole reason is to win the finals, well, then they kind of do need to Kevin Durant. They couldn't that, – that 72-win team couldn't beat LeBron and Kyrie Irving Cavaliers, you know? Right. And, but at the same time, Kevin Durant was injured, and once he got injured, they didn't lose a game in the playoffs until the Raptors. So – it kind of doesn't. It doesn't. I feel like they're a great team, regardless, a yeah. championship team, regardless, with with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. But without Clay Thompson, yeah, you're right. There's no way they would have won that series with just Steph Curry alone. Um, Clay Thompson just, I think he's been a great player this whole time, but he just proved to the world how valuable he is to that team because this guy's a fucking killer, man. Like I, I saw yeah. a stat somewhere that Steph Curry has taken like eight. Game like game finishing shots or whatever, and he hasn't last hit 20, one of last them. Last twenty seconds, yeah, last twenty seconds in playoff games, he's over eight. So and 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 that's I don't want to take anything away from Steph Curry. The guy is a beast, but without Klay Thompson there, I don't I don't you know I don't know if Steph Curry could do this by himself. I think Klay is is a big part a big part of it too. He almost reminds yeah. me of like a Scottie Pippen, like he not that Scottie Pippen was a three point player, but. He's like an underappreciated number two on that team, and and I'm not even counting KD because I'm talking about guys that are from that are homegrown Golden State players. Um, so yeah, back back to yeah, Clay Thompson's a killer. He's a two way player too. He plays like great. He's like the best, oh my de- God, the best yeah. defender too. But back to the question about the Rockets, I would blow it up because 
you saw the Lakers got a lot better. Um, yeah, that's that's another thing too. Now you have Anthony Davis and and LeBron, but is that enough to take you to a championship? LeBron is you know is a year older. He, yeah, as good well, as he was thing. last season, he didn't look as good as he normally is. Um, well, that's a, I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Chris Paul's thirty four. He's gonna be thirty five yeah. next year. And do you see how much he's making? <laughs> oh my god, it's crazy. Yeah. Thirty eight million. I you know I when before the mellow trade to the Knicks, there was this whole talk that there might be the the big three in New York. CP3 or yeah, whatever it was going to be mellow. That would have been that, that would have been so stupid. <laughs> yeah, it would it would have been mellow uh Chris Le- Paul mellow, I Chris Paul, LeBron, D-Wade. Yeah. Uh yeah, Chris the the, the four buddies, the the butt buddies, the guys right. that don't they they're not going at each other's throat when they play each other. They want to hug and take pictures mm-hmm. and stuff, which is cool. And, but I think that's something that people miss from like the old days, you know. And I remember being, I remember, I remember being most heartbroken when LeBron didn't come. But then I was also really heartbroken when 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 uh, when CP3 didn't didn't make it to New York, because I like I, point guards for me. I love point guards. I don't know why, but like over the last few years, he's been getting on my nerves. Uh, he has, man. He just he looks like he complains about everything. Oh my god, man! He's a little bitch, and now he's 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 seeing some <laughs> shit now, like how he doesn't he how he enjoyed when when James Harden went down last year uh, for a few games or whatever that he liked playing without James Harden. Like what the fuck? Like, and now he's saying oh, he I doesn't want to get traded. Like, why are you talking all this shit? James Harden's gonna be a part of this team, and now you're talking shit about James Harden. Like, what the fuck do you think? Who do you think you are? You know what I mean? I didn't like, hear that. I I didn't hear that. But just to answer your question, today. I would I would blow it all up if if I were if I were the Rockets. Clearly, they can't get past the Warriors yet. Mm-hmm. I would blow it up. Okay. If they're not trying to get used, to, so they're definitely not bringing back the coach. No. So what happened was, oh, they, he didn't. He didn't. They sign broke an extension. off. That's what it was. They, they broke off talks or some shit, and then that that night. The Rockets held a press conference and basically ended any chance of D'Antoni coming back. So, uh, and by the way, I I don't, I don't blame D'Antoni either. I mean, the players have to have to play too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but you're, but you're, uh, you're talking about he's still playing out the last year of his contract, which is next year, right? He's still coming back to coach the last year, which is next year. I I guess so. To me, it sounded like he wasn't coming back next year. And about. Him, you know, his players having to perform. I get it, right? But was it him telling all the, like, and I can only go off last year. I didn't watch a lot of the NBA playoffs this year because it was just, like, kind of, I don't know. I just wasn't that interested this year. I did watch some of it, not all of it. But last year, when the Rockets lost to the Warriors, wasn't it the coach telling them to chuck all those threes up? Yeah. If not, if it wasn't him, then why wouldn't he, why didn't he tell them to stop, you know? Yeah. And and the thing is, this this has been D'Antoni's way of coaching since you know, I I remember him coaching in Phoenix. Uh, in the fuck, man, I'm drawing a blank. What's that dude's name? He won two MVPs. Point guard, white dude. Fuck the buys. What the hell's his name? Shit. Wait, say it again. Who is it? Phoenix for the Phoenix Suns was like ten years ago. He won two MVP uh, awards. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Steve, Steve Nash. Nash. And this guy. this was the same style of basketball that was being played then too. D'Antoni in a lot of ways is the guy who ushered in this era of basketball where you just chuck up threes. You know what I'm saying? This is his style of play. You have to put the players around him to succeed. Like put D'Antoni with the, with the golden state warriors, not to take anything away from Steve Kerr, but I think that they win just as many championships under D'Antoni than they have with, with Steve Kerr. Um, you know, because they have the roster, the roster for the type of, of coaching that he, that he is specializes in. Like when he coached for the Knicks, they didn't have shooters. 
So they just weren't that good. They just had Melo playing ISO the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't yeah. work. Go, going back to Steve Kerr real quick, to that game six where the Raptors won it all, that play that he drew up for Steph Curry was a great play. Uh-huh. It was – he was wide open. Yeah, he just missed but, it. Yeah, but what was the point of a three-pointer there? They were down by one. I think it was 19 seconds, 10 seconds. I don't know what it was. Basically, if he scores there with a two-pointer, which what I thought they were going to do was that Steph Curry was going to get the ball and Cousins was going to cut towards the basket for for a layup or something, mm-hmm. which is what I think is the common thing to do. There's no way. I don't get I don't care how many how Steph Curry's the best shooter in the league, the best three-point shooter. Yeah. I'm pretty sure his percentage is better with layups yeah. and like inside the key than three-pointers. So it should have been a layup from anyone. They were down by one. Mm-hmm. You're basically putting the ball back in the Raptors' hands to have to score another basket. So I don't understand what the point of the three-point play was there was right there in that moment, but it was a nice play overall. Yeah, I guess. and the timeout rule too, where they called the timeout oh, yeah. and they didn't have Draymond it. Draymond Green called the timeout. Yeah, yeah. That that was that's what happened with the uh, the Fab Five in college. Yeah, Chris Webber. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was. But but in a way, like sucks. the timeout helped them in that situation. Yeah, Even, it kind of did. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, that has to change. And I'm sure because it's the NBA, it's not Major League Baseball. If a change is going to happen, it, it'll happen immediately. Uh, but what change could what what change could they make there? I don't know. Maybe you take time off the clock instead of stopping it altogether. Uh, yeah. Because all they got was a technical foul for that. And but but the Raptors also got the ball back. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I would say NBA. maybe. If you call a timeout and you don't have any timeouts, um, I don't know. Maybe take so time you, off the clock. I don't know. You get to, to take 10 seconds off the clock. I have no idea. I don't know. So that AD trade doesn't really do much for you, you think? It does. I mean, AD and, and LeBron, that's a that's a great one-two punch. But, I mean, who are the surrounding players? No, and you also, I've never, I don't ever remember LeBron playing with a dominant center. You know, not that not that Anthony Davis is an old school center, but he mm-hmm. is like a bigger guy and he's limited. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's great. He's he could drop fifty a game. He's a, he's a great offensive player and he's gonna play defense and everything like that. But everybody says that LeBron needs shooters. Like I hear it all the time that he needs shooters, and I don't think any Anthony Davis is one of those. I don't know why Rondo's on that team. I feel like LeBron should just become the pro, the point guard at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, know? I just I just think it's gonna be another situation like in Cleveland. I think so. I think LeBron c- could probably make it to the finals with Anthony Davis as his number two or whatever. But I think it's not gonna be enough to to go over the top. Like you his to get best, into a shootout with another team. Like like the Golden State Warriors, like like the player, the role players know their role. The Draymond Greens of the world, I love Draymond Green as much as he talks a lot of shit and causes a lot of problems. He's like the perfect yeah. teammate to have because yeah, he, he knows he his role. Great. He loves his he loves his teammates. You could hear it in the press conference, um, and he's not gonna try to take you know shit away from you or whatever. Not that not that LeBron has guys trying to take shine away from him, but there's always something on a LeBron team like. When when he had Kevin Love, there was an issue with Kevin Love. When he had Kyrie Irving, Ky- Kyrie Irving wanted to be top dog, so there was a problem there. Um, there's always something like there's never. It, it feels like it's never a team for me. It feels like it's just 
LeBron is the the the, the maestro or whatever, and the everybody else is the, yeah, and everybody else is the orchestra, and and the orchestra doesn't they're not playing the song at the same tune. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, no, it does. It kind of it kind of. I feel like I feel like Kevin Love Kevin Love regressed. He was like a twenty twenty player. Mm-hmm. Is that right? A double a walking double double whatever. Yeah, he was a good player before he went to Cleveland. Ow. Yeah, he was the man, but in the Grizzlies, right? Grizzlies was yeah. who he played for. But or was it the Timberwolves? The Timberwolves. Uh, uh, yeah, Mark yeah. Mark Gasol was with the Grizzlies. Yeah, so I feel like, but I did feel like he kind of regressed a little bit when he went with LeBron. Then again, they won a championship with it with him. So yeah, and you know, yeah, whatever. I don't know. I, I just, it's 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 confu- it's 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 annoying. It's going to be an annoying off season, mm-hmm. basically. They need they need more players around them. I think that's and what they and the growing pains that you know are going to come with the Lakers with AD and LeBron are going to be annoying as hell too. I'm probably not even going to tune into basketball during that time. During the first two months of ba- basketball, I'm probably not even going to watch a Laker game. And so yeah, and and I'm starting to get back into basketball, which makes me happy because I, like I said before, before baseball, I loved basketball in the '90s when the Knicks were relevant. But then the Yankees started winning. The Knicks started sucking. Let's not get into it. Anyway, um, <laughs> but the thing that I hate about basketball is that there's no continuity. Whereas with baseball, um, you got a game every day. You have your Mondays off maybe or a Thursday or whatever. You got a game every day. There's a storyline every day. You're looking at something every day. You want to see how this pitcher pitches. You want to see if this guy's going to hit another home run or if this kid is going to develop this, this, and that. With the NBA, you have a game on a Monday. You might not have another game until Friday. And and the same thing in the postseason. There's too many days off. There's too many travel days. I wish there was more continuity. I don't know how you fix that because they are. It is a more physically taxing sport, but that kind of kills it for me. That's why I don't really pay attention in the in the in the postseason until maybe the the conference finals or something like that. There's just it, it feels like the, the the playoffs are a season unto itself. It's like two months of the year. It's too much because it's. It's all about the playoffs, right? Yeah. And it should be more of like half of what this NBA season is now and maybe expanding the playoff picture to like 16 teams. I don't know. Expand it? I would, I would lessen it, man. I would. No, I'm t- talking about how many teams get to oh. actually make it to the playoffs. But you're, that would be expanding like the actual time. But it feels like the it, le- it, it ended on what? Monday? Uh, when did the finals end? On Thursday, Friday? It Friday, was it was Wednesday or Thursday. It wasn't Monday. Okay. When did they start? I feel like remember when <laughs> remember when the Trailblazers beat the uh the Thunder and it was like a big deal with Damian Lillard? That felt like it happened like months ago. <laughs> yeah. It's too much it's too long. And how is that isn't it like 2-2-1-1-1? Is that the format in the finals? 2-2-1-1-1, yeah. I don't like that either, the whole 1-1-1 shit because you're going from Golden State to Toronto. They're on different coasts. They need so much uh, travel time. I felt like the time between Game 5 and Game 6 took so long that I'm not even going to lie. I forgot that Game 6 was on. I didn't start watching it until the very end of it. I was like, I was about to go to bed. I was like, holy shit, there's the Game 6 is tonight. And yeah, I yeah. Missed same, the, thing, I, same thing with me. I missed the whole Klay Thompson shit. And I know that if I was a diehard NBA fan, I would have kept up on it. But it just felt like I felt like Game 5 had happened such a long time ago and was just it wasn't even on my mind. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of don't like that. Same uh, with me. Like, and I feel like playoffs, there shouldn't, except for football, because it's once a week, but all the games happen on the same day and you know what day it's coming. But in the playoffs, there shouldn't be more than two days rest in between. It's too much. I feel I, like and I it think should be a the, one day's rest and that's it. I think the two, two, one, one, one situation fucks it up. I think that's why I like baseball the way baseball does it. I think it's uh for the ALDS is, 
it's what is it two two two, two one two two one and in the seven game series it's two two three two. two. Oh, two three two. I like that Isn't more. It? You you're taking away the although the three games in a row in a visitor stadium that gives them an advantage if they if if the they home team one. were to lose. Yeah. yeah. But you're taking that travel day out of the equation and you're giving people more action. Like I feel like the the major league baseball postseason for me, a lot of people don't like it. I love it because there's a game every single day. There's a game in the ALDS. You'll get your AL games, you'll, and then you know they'll space out the NL games so that you have a game every single day up until the World Series. Once you get to the World Series, then you have some off the, off days. But at most, it's going to be just one day in between. Whereas in the NBA, yeah. between Game Five and Game Six, I think there was like three off days or something. Um, to me, that's too much. Mm-hmm. Wow. I rambled on today. Love it. Woo! I don't even think ah, we have enough time wow, for anything else, man. Oh, I did want to mention one thing. <clears throat> uh, I don't know if you ever watched on Netflix, David Letterman's uh, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. Have you ever watched that? I've been meaning to watch the Jay-Z interview since last year, and I still haven't watched it. Sorry. That was a good interview. But I, I watched, so I watched the Kanye one, and I've been talking a lot of shit about Kanye over the years. And I have to say, man, that interview made me like him a lot more. Um, and yeah. I appreciate him a lot more now. I understand where he's coming from. Uh, there is a part in it that creeped me out a little bit. It almost feels like he's trying to start a cult. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it. When you watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But overall, the way he talks about his um, his bipolar disorder. And how he was raised and and how the media perceives what he does versus what it is that he actually does. I get it. And and I've fallen into the trap where I've called him crazy before and all this shit. And I'm going to try to not use that word, uh, not only with him, but with anybody anymore. Because the fact of the matter is, is that there there isn't. And I was talking to my wife about this because we after the episode, we started talking. We had like a little conversation about it. That's how good the episode was. And I said to her, he's right there. You know, during the episode, the person that kept coming up in my mind was Andy Kaufman. I don't know if you ever watched Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Or do, so, you know, who Andy Kaufman is, right? He does like he did all this like um, yeah. crazy ass there. I use the word there. Um, bits where he would like, you know, go on Letterman and say, you know, Jerry the King Lawler is going to come and kick my ass in the middle of the show, blah, 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 whatever. And it would happen and people would be like, what the fuck just happened on, on Letterman last night? Anyway, um, uh, Kanye reminds me of that. He's not afraid to try something new. It may sound, it may look weird. It's hard for us to process it in the moment, but there's nobody else in the business that's doing it. And and that's kind of what makes it special in a way, that he has the balls yeah. to try new things. So, I don't know if I'm wrong for this, but I never like to uh, not appreciate music when it's coming from a certain artist. Like, R. Kelly is a criminal and a scumbag and all that stuff, but I like R. Kelly's music. That's just me. I'm not afraid to say it. Michael I like Jackson, it. I, I still like haven't Michael watched Jackson, the... Man. Yeah. I Wait, what? I was going to say Michael you, Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're saying don't say Michael Jackson Mm-mm. or that you like Mike? No, I'm saying, like, for me, I, I had that struggle, too. After watching Finding Neverland, 
I'm like, damn, can I, like, if I listen to, if a Michael Jackson song come on, can I not enjoy it now? But I'm like, no, man, I'm going to enjoy it. I Fuck think it. it's okay. I think it's okay to enjoy. I mean, it's a, it, the song isn't about, you know, sexually abusing children. Yeah. The song is about another thing entirely. And sometimes it's not even him that wrote the song, first of all. So there's a lot more that goes into a song than just the person singing the vocals, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'm not afraid to say that I like certain songs from, even though it comes from certain artists with Kanye West. I stopped paying attention to all that crazy stuff because I, I was almost convinced that he was doing it for his own popularity. I still think the whole Kim Kardashian thing is because of the popularity type of thing, kind of like a power move, like I said, with yeah. A-Rod and J-Lo and Jay-Z with Beyonce and stuff. That's just me, though. That's just the way that I look at, at, at the world, at the celebrity world, you know, whatever. But I remember all the backlash that Kanye West was receiving when he wore that Make America Great hat again. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like... He could do whatever the hell he wants. You know, he could have his own opinion. I can't believe that in this country that we're supposed to, that we're allowed to have our own opinion. People are so, like, you know, aggressive towards, like, the opposite side of what they believe in, kind of. Mm-hmm. So, basically, anything associated with Trump, you're you're basically, people are going to turn their back on you completely. But I think his whole point was that, you know, we live in a country where Trump did become president. You know, like, we live in that country where a guy like Trump became our president. And I have the right to say that. You know, I kind of support it. I don't know his entire political view, but I just remember the backlash that he received from it. That's when I realized that, you know, it's not all just him being crazy. You know, like I'm not just going to write him off as as a psychopath or anything. Right. The Kim Kardashian marriage, I still don't understand either. But in terms of his artistic uh, perspective and and how he views himself in the world as an artist... I I can totally appreciate it now. I understand that at one point he was, you know, the Jesus Walks, you know, type rapper. And now it's a completely different type of hip hop. Like he created his own genre, it seems like. He did. He did. Yeah, yeah. Um, That I I can can appreciate. Like his SNL performances when he's, you know, he has people with Mickey Mouse hands and shit like that. At the time, I'm thinking... This is this is fucking weird. I don't even get it or whatever. Um, <laughs> after hearing him talking about what his mindset is when he does these things, I get it. I understand, and I and I the reason why I respect it, and 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 I kind of sound like a hypocrite because I did talk so much shit about it in the past, is that I I consider myself to be an artistic, creative type person, but I'm afraid to show it. Like I'm afraid to to put it out there and let people judge it and being rejected and stuff like that. He's not. And you, that, that takes a lot of, that's that in and of itself is a huge accomplishment. And, and who am I to criticize him for doing something that maybe I find to be strange and weird? You know, there might be millions of people out there that completely get it and understand it. And good for them you know what i'm saying so i i'll never criticize him for his art anymore um and i appreciate him a lot more after that yeah it's not there's not too many people that could do go through like the backlash that he went through and come back and have like just as good as a career as he's currently having i feel like if he dropped an album tomorrow it would be number one Mm -hmm. for the next month uh you know what kind of reminds me of miley cyrus do you remember a couple years ago she went on that whole phase she was doing a bunch of crazy shit yeah i'm talking about like she was like she was she was yeah i remember remember that remember that whole meme that came out of her performance where they were like they had the chicken 
Yeah, it was like on the MTV Movie Awards or something. Yeah, but now, you know, she married her, the guy that she's married to, who's who's one of the Hemsworth twins, right? (laughs) And I feel like she's back to being, you know, Miley Cyrus, like one of the biggest celebrities in the world. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those are very similar, kind of, in my brain. But you got people like that don't come back from from certain stunts like that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and the other thing, too, that I that I appreciated about him is that he acknowledges that he has the resources and stuff to deal with his uh, disability. Like he was he was saying how he stopped taking medication. He's bipolar or whatever, because he felt like it was compromising his art. And in in when it happened, me and my wife were like, well, that that's a horrible message to send to people. Don't take your meds or whatever. And then as soon as we said that, the next sentence was, but I have I have tons of money where I can have somebody come and check on me to make sure that I'm not, you know, falling off the rails or whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm not um, I'm not calling for people to stop taking their medication. I have the means where I can do it. But you you know, if you don't have the means, you should definitely continue taking medication. I'm like, OK, well, you shut me up with that one. Like you acknowledge yeah. that you're super rich so you can have people take care of you, take care of you. So that you can, so yeah, maybe not taking medication for you isn't as bad as someone else not taking their medication because you have a backup system and you can afford to have a backup system. And I'm just like, fuck, man, stop being so nice. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, man. Anyway, I always thought I always thought Kanye was a musical genius, and that's why I'm like, even when he started doing this crazy stuff, I'm like, you know, he is a different guy mm-hmm. than the regular artist, yeah. you know. And it, he might go down as one of the biggest artists ever. And if you look at all the other biggest artists ever, Michael Jackson, R. Kelly, even Prince had his own. I'm pretty sure Prince had his own, you know, del- you know, conflicts. Controversy. <laughs> yeah, controversies through his through his career. But guys like that, man, they always they always have their thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I agree. And there's something else that we forgot to mention a couple of weeks ago. It was reported that Jay Z was the f- is the first hip hop billionaire, uh, and we didn't give him props for that, man. And you're you're like the biggest Jay Z guy. I'm disappointed in you. It's just that, you know, I'm. You're right. You have every right to be disappointed. I am a big Jay Z fan, but I just still can't believe, you know, that he he has he's just that like he's done it. And I'm kind of curious to know what's next. Like, he'll he mentioned being a billionaire in his in his lyrics years ago, right? Which mm-hmm. I knew was gonna happen one day. But now that it's here, like, I don't know what he's gonna do now. Like, is he gonna run for president? I don't Why know. Why not? <laughs> Why not, man? Nah, I wouldn't want him to be president. I mean, we have Trump. It can't it can't get worse than this. <laughs> yeah, we have Trump, a false billionaire ish type of yeah. guy. <laughs> not really a billionaire, but. Yeah. And and to, to to people that like look at someone like Jay Z and like oh a, a billionaire rapper billionaire blah blah blah, why not man like you have you have billionaires out there like like Jeff Bezos who I'm not again not taking anything away from him but you know what is he what is he contributing to society in 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 Amazon he's contributing more debt he's creating jobs yes but those jobs aren't high paying a lot of his employees have to collect government uh um um help he's he's advancing automation where they're saying that in like 10 years or so his warehouses are complete are going to be completely automated no people 
um, which is fine. I get it. Like that's just that's just what happens in the future. But we can reward we can reward this guy. He should be rewarded. But we can make him the richest person in the world. Um, but then someone like Jay Z, who who can change someone's life with the words that he puts out by by showing by putting his life out there in an artistic way and inspiring people, why can't he be a billionaire? Why And why is that such a bad thing? Like, it's not like he's yeah, just sitting just, around doing nothing. You know what I mean? Not just that. Not just that. His, his like, anything, like, anything you can see what Jay-Z does, like, if even his sports agency, yeah, they don't just sign players and let them go about their way. You know how many players become bankrupt after they sign their contracts, you know, after retirement and stuff? Like, I think... They set them up in Rock Nation to invest and set themselves up for the future. His his uh his streaming app for music pays artists more than every other streaming app does. I think everyone except one. But for the most part, Apple Music, um, Spotify, YouTube Music and all that stuff, they pay their artists I think half of what title pays artists, yeah, for streams. So it's like, I don't know, man. I love the guy and it's just funny how if you ever if you ever used to surf YouTube a lot back in the day when when music was all over YouTube, now a lot of Jay Z music isn't on YouTube unless it's like some unreleased tracks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of Jay Z hate out there, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> but now I feel like everybody loves Jay Z just because he's done all this like extra stuff that doesn't have to do with his music, and now people are kind of appreciating his music. But the music was always there. The music was so, always there. You're absolutely right. It was right. always there, man. And the first Jay Z song I ever heard was in your house, your what? room. Hard rock knife. Um, hard hard knock life. Yeah, I'll never forget. It. I didn't even like it. Really? Nah. Wow. I always thought Jay Z was like kind of corny when I was growing up. I thought he was like a pop rapper, like like P Diddy. He, I mean, he kind of he he kind of was the guy who ushered in. You know, like how Kanye changed the game and cre- he kind of created his own genre, like we like we said. Jay Z yeah. kind of did that for hip hop too in his time. It just it just sounded like the Biggie, you know, the Biggie Smalls rap songs. Even though Biggie's Biggie's rhymes were more serious, more dirty, more violent, shit like that. Um, Jay Z just made it more palatable. Like it ma- he made it more easy to put his songs on MTV and let you know. No offense, but little white boys in the suburbs play his music you know what i'm saying whereas yeah, you could i can't imagine <laughs> i can't imagine somebody buying you know Wu, the wu-tang 13 chambers album in a suburb in in caucasian white america you know what i'm saying like it's but it's funny because like i feel like a big following of wu-tang is white america. white people yeah yeah now yeah but i feel like at the time their their lyrics were like yeah they were a niche like they, they were the the karate of hip-hop or whatever but their lyrics were like they were they were deep cutting real um you know i don't know even even artists like mob deep and nas like at the, when they first came out their stuff wasn't you know it was great it was a really amazing really amazing stuff but you couldn't imagine all of america embracing it Jay-Z made his yeah. music where all of America embraced it. No matter what your color is, you know, where you're from, how old you are, whatever, everybody loved it. Um This is great. I can't believe we're we're talking about Jay-Z on this on this uh on this episode, man. Wow. All right. Uh, all right. All with I, that, let's I'm, 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 I'm gonna end it like this. Jay-Z over Biggie, Nas, Tupac, any of your favorite rappers, Jay-Z over them. Okay. All right. That's I'm not even gonna respond to that. 
Jay, all right, Jay Z is a better businessman. He's not a better rapper. No, no, no. Don't start. Don't don't yes. let me. If you we we should we should record another episode if you really <laughs> want to get into why I think he's a way better rapper. Not way better. Let me let me stop. My position is better. that Nas is the best rapper uh, of, of all, all right. time. That's my position. And You're we can entitled to that opinion. We can finish this at another time. All right, just. All right, whatever. This you're struggling with that one, huh? No, I I just personally think he's a better rapper than Nas, like by far. Oh my god! And I'm talking about like on a scale of one to ten, I'd put as a rapper, Nas as like if let's say, if I let's say Jay Z's a ten in a scale of one to ten, I'd put Nas at like a seven. Wow. On a scale, yeah. Okay. I'd put Biggie at like an eight. Okay. Or like a nine ish. Not fair to compare. He only had two. He only had barely two albums. Yeah, you're right. Okay. And Tupac, again, this, this episode is way too long. But I never really liked Tupac. I'm just gonna admit that Ooh. right here, right now. I think you should go back and listen to Tupac. I can't, man. I don't know. It's like the beats. I can't. I can't really get into the beats. Um, I don't know. I'm just. I start, was never a fan. The... I pretended to be a fan for a while, but I'm ready to start. come out. Start with the pop hits with Tupac. Like start with like the songs that, yeah. Start with the start with the verses on songs that got him like radio play, and then go from there. All right, fine. I think you'll be. I think you'll you'll be impressed. Another one I wasn't a big fan of. Still, still, am not. Is Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent. Oh my God! How 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 could you? I know, and he was big in my college days, and I remember just being like, ugh, I hate this fucking guy. Go back and listen to his songs. He's see, Fifty Cent I, is a dif- is a different type of artist to me, but I still can't put him in any top whatever because he didn't. He kind of gave up on music, mm-hmm. so I don't think if he dropped. I mean, if he dropped anything today, I think it would get it would generate views and streams and stuff like that, but not like it used to. Like I feel like if Jay Z dropped an album today, it'd be bigger than a Fifty Cent album, and oh, I, yeah. it shouldn't be like that because Fifty Cent is more recent. And and he as big as Jay Z ever got in his career musically, Fifty Cent surpassed that. Like the only other rapper I could put ahead of him popularity wise, probably like Eminem. Yeah. Right. Or Drake. Or there's a lot. There is a lot. This is a long episode. We should just do a hip hop episode, rap hip hop episode. I'm down. Let's do it. All right. I'm gonna sign. I'm gonna sign us off, ladies and gentlemen. We apologize for uh, going off off uh off script for like an hour there um if you haven't done so already please give us a five-star rating and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts our music is by bm varga and rapternal music by naughty productions the artwork the logo is by luigi gomez ct oh peace peace By the way, yeah. Uh, just just an update if anybody was keeping track of me and my fantasy team. I lost that Joey Votto trade, man. He has now bounced back back to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> he strikes out. He gets on base every day, but he strikes out <laughs> once or twice every fucking day, man. Like, um, who um, wants him, man?
so I'm yeah, so, I'm having a fire sale. <laughs> so, so we traded, we tra- me and CT traded. It was Fultonavich for Joey Votto, and Fulte's been a little bit better in his last few starts. He hasn't given me negatives, um, but in all, he still has only given me 65 points. I'm pretty sure Votto has given you more than 65 since he went to your team. He has, and lately he's been better, but. Again, if he didn't strike out, if he could just strike out one strikeout less than he does every day, it would be worth it. But mm. you know what? Nah, I'm not trading him, man. He's I'm sinking with Votto this year. But or, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be surprised where he would get drafted next season. I'm thinking like sixth round. Yeah, he's gonna go. He's gonna go late. He he That's might crazy. even be one of these waiver guys on in our league. Nah, oh no, nah, I don't know about that. If he finishes the year. Under under a two average per game, you think that he's gonna be on somebody's roster every day? Yeah. Did you see who got drafted in the last four rounds? <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're that's talking about point. like, I, yeah. Well, you, you know. No, you're right. There's just a lot of first basemen. I guess that's my point. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You make a good point. There's a ton of first basemen. Um, my team. Not that anybody knows what happens in our league, but my team has been on a tear, man. The only loss in the last five games, five or six weeks. Came to this fucking guy who I went into. I fell asleep that night with the lead, and I woke up, and he got a mysterious fifteen points that I can't account for. I knew that he was gonna get five in quality in um in a game winning RBI, but then he got an extra ten that I don't know where the fuck they came from. I still can't figure it out. Um, and I ended up losing the game by three points, and that shit pisses me off because you know it's great. I should. It's I think crazy. I should be five hundred this now after that. You'll get there, man. It's crazy. If I didn't log on last week at all, I might have won because I got negative points from Mitch Keller, who I picked up, Trent Thorne, mm-hmm. who I picked up, uh, Cole Irvin, who I picked up, and yeah, that was a total of 22 points negative that I was given from those guys. So if I didn't even touch my team last week, which is which is some BS, by the way, because what the hell? Like who? How am I supposed to know that if I don't pick anybody up, I would have had a better week? But yeah, that's, that's the risk you take in this that league. That is the risk. And the and and I, I one more thing I want to say is this season for me is it, it's starting to feel like the the tightest season that we've had because in the first couple of years it was a joke. Like you know, I think you and I were just score and, and Sandy were just scoring a shit ton of runs or points or whatever every week. And yeah. I never won a championship or whatever. You did. Sandy did. I, did Ivy get one? No. Sandy no, has he, two. Yeah, he does. So it's me. It's me, Sandy, with two, and Diego. And last year, my team was so horrible. I don't. I think I only had like one win at this point. This year, um, there are one, 10, there's 12, there's eight teams that are within three games of first place. And That's crazy. one of those teams is has the highest points scored in the league by a lot. It's crazy. Yeah, and by the way, it's been 12 days, and I still don't have an update on Carlos Carrasco. All I know is that he got he left with a medical condition. That's it. That's all I know. Something tells me he's not coming back this year. Nah, please don't say that. It sounded like an like a serious thing because they're not giving you information. You're right. <sighs> yeah. It's okay, oh well. Don't shush me, man. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Shh, 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 shh. 
<laughs> wow, man, I'm, fa- I'm facing a three-game losing streak this week if I don't step it up. But I, I think I'll win this week. I ain't worried about my opponent. Who's your opponent? LOD. Ooh, the LOD. I made him an offer, which I kind of regretted. And I ended up canceling it, and he wasn't going to do it anyway. But I offered him uh, Syndergaard for Kingery. Would you have done that deal? Syndergaard for King... Uh, yeah, I would have made it. Yeah, I would have made it too if I was him. I would have regretted that one, Um, me personally. But uh, anyway, this has been your fantasy segment, which you have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Only a select group of people will know what we're talking about. But I hope you learned something in there. Joey Votto is not the same player. Um, what else did we learn there? We learned that uh, Carl, Car- Carlos Carrasco is dealing with a, a serious injury, and we have no updates. So if anybody has any updates out there, please just let us know. <laughs> we also learned that Fultonavich has been better, but still not good enough. Um, so we did learn a few things there. <laughs>